Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 363. Coincidences in cruises can happen, and this week, Donald talks about how he happened to meet cruisers online that turned into not just friends, but travel buddies that they had a lot in common with. Here we go. On this week's podcast episode, not only do we have a great cruise story to share with you, but I also get to hear from a good friend that we've not heard from in a little while. It's Donald Cavanaugh from Ireland in the house. Donald, welcome back to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Thanks very much indeed, Matt. Is it really six years? My goodness, time flies when, I say when you're going on cruises, but that hasn't really been the case lately. But nonetheless, uh, it's it's been too long, friend. Absolutely. Thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, really enjoying the cruise stories, actually. It's uh, an honor to be part of this because uh, since the the shutdown as such, it's really good to hear different people telling their stories and uh, it's lovely to be part of that. Absolutely. And and that's why we I brought you on here and, and be able to hear it. Uh, your, your story that you wanted to share this week and I'm enjoying it. I think a lot of people are as well. It's, it's nice to get different perspectives, different uh, approaches to cruising and also hear some nice, you know, um, some nice things that come out of it. Right. Some some happy <laughs> memories and a little distraction there. So, Donald, where are we going today? Which uh, which cruise are we talking about? We are going on a cruise on Anthem of the Seas in 2016. But in order to get there, we have to go back in time eight years and start in 2008. Because this is a story that spans time. This could be a Disney movie. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. It's it's quite simply this. We I was planning our first cruise in um, 2008. We were sailing out of Barcelona on Navigator uh, at the end of June, five days on Navigator, then a weekend in Barcelona at the end. Our first cruise, we were really excited. I got really into it. So I was on Cruise Critic at the time, early 2008, talking to people, getting involved. And one day I posted up a plan of a walking tour in Rome that I'd concocted. And a cruise critic member called Preds responded and said, oh, I hear you have two teens. We have two teens. They're the same age. Do you fancy meeting up? And I said, absolutely. That would be great. He says, lovely. And we made arrangements and we said, right, this is what we'll do. And we'll, you know, do the walk together and introduce our teens. And this will be really good fun. And he said, great. See you on the gem. And I said, pardon? He hadn't signature switched on. I did. So he assumed I was on the Norwegian gem, just like he was. Um, But that was okay. We met at the fort in Civitavecchia, the port outside Rome. We travelled into Rome by train. We had a great day. Mike, his wife Kelly, uh, Pauline, my wife and myself, and both of us had our two, as they were at the time, teens. Mine are now 26 and 27. Um, spent the day in Rome, had a wonderful day. Mike's a really gregarious guy, really a, a great networker. So Mike arrived and he brought about 10 or 12 other people from the gem with him. So we had this big gang tramping around Rome. I managed to get us lost at one point. We wandered the back streets, found the Pantheon eventually. It was great. Lovely day. We then went back to Civitavecchia, said our goodbyes, went back to our respective ships, hooked up on Facebook afterwards, joined each other's mafias, which is what you did in 2008, 2009, and all was well. We're now going to fast forward to October of 2011. October 12th, to be precise. I put a status up on Facebook. 20 years ago today, I was at a wedding. So was Pauline. Thank God she was. It would have been very awkward if she wasn't. Happy anniversary, love. (laughs) I then immediately get a message from Kelly. Did you guys get married on the 12th of October, 1991? I said, yeah. She said, so did we. (laughs) It transpired 
that we had both the two couples who had met on Cruise Critic and had spent a day in Rome, we had married on the same day in 1991. They in Buffalo in upstate New York, us in Waterford in Southeast Ireland. So immediately the running joke became, we'll cruise together for our 25th. And that okay. became running joke. We were actually supposed to cruise together in 2010 on Vision and do the Baltic together, but business commitments meant Mike couldn't make it, so they had to pull out a couple of months beforehand. And we had on numerous occasions messaged each other from various ships. I'm in the schooner bar on Freedom. Oh, hope you're having a good time. We're in the, um, the bar on such and such a ship. And we kept up the contacts. Then in 2015, Mike got back in touch and said, you know the way we're always talking about cruising together on our 25th? But yeah. He said, Anthem of the Seas, sailing out of Bayonne, doing Canada, New England, 11 nights, starts on October 5th. Our actual 25th anniversary, the 12th of October, is a sea day. Are you in? And we thought about it for about 10 seconds and went, yeah. So we did. So, as I said, eight years after first meeting in Rome, we met again in New York and we sailed our anniversary cruise on board Anthem of the Seas to Canada and New England. That's fantastic. I mean, part of the great thing about cruising is, of course, being able to meet people. I don't know if you're new to cruising. That may sound like, oh, I don't want to meet people. Like, this isn't like, you know, um, uh, a social club, right? This is just going on a cruise. And we don't go on cruises in the idea that we're going to go make, you know, new best friends by any means. But it is really nice. And it does happen from time to time because, look, you're on a cruise ship. You're quote unquote, you know, stuck in, in, in a similar, you know, area, you're on the pool deck together, you're at a, a restaurant dining table together, you're on a shore excursion together, or in this case, you happen to be talking about cruising online and it just happens to work out that way. And in this case, my goodness, Donald, the, the coincidences that have occurred between Ooh. you, your, your, you, your wife and Mike and Kelly are just, it's incredible, yes, quite frankly. It was. I mean, you know, and, and, and that's the wonderful thing about cruising. I mean, we have met friends on, I think every ship we've been on, we've met somebody that we've kept in contact with in some way, shape or form. I mean, I last spoke to you about a cruise we did in Liberty in 2014. And just last weekend, uh, I was messaging one of the people we met on board that one. She lives in uh, outside Toronto in Canada. It's, it's such a great dynamic. Again, it doesn't happen every sailing. It's not like you should expect, you know, to come back with three or four names, although some people do collect friends. That's like their thing. But it's it's a really nice uh, side benefit, if you will, of going on a cruise. And it does happen. And it's really cool when it does happen because obviously you guys enjoy cruising, so it's always an opportunity. And it sounds like when uh, Mike and Kelly approached you and you're like, hey, do you guys yeah. want to book a cruise? I mean, it's like, oh, twist my arm, why don't you? Yeah, absolutely. It's, no, I mean, it was, it was really good because we, I've always booked here in Ireland. So it was the first time I had let somebody else kind of look after a booking, as it were, for us. And Mike looked after the bookings. And uh, it, it, was, it was slightly nerve-wracking, actually, in one way, because I'm a bit like you. I am the organiser. I am the alpha male. I am the person who knows everything. I am the person who is looking to see who the cruise director is two months before we sail. <laughs> I am, I believe the word is anal when it comes to cruising. Pauline is the same as your parents. She she turns up on the day and, and the ship takes her somewhere. 
<laughs> you know, I will tell you, not only will I tell you the name of the ship, the name of the captain, the cruise director, the itinerary in detail, plus everything I've planned, plus I've checked out the menus, plus I've pretty much pre-booked meals and I've sort of booked this and booked that and booked the other. If entertainment is available, believe you me, I, I booked it months ago. Um, Pauline is there going, does this ship have a theatre? You know, that's so that's, that's the difference between the two of us. So I actually, in one way, I found it difficult when Mike was looking after the bookings on Anthem. Um, he, he he was doing that. And I was kind of, I just felt slightly discombobulated because I was, uh, and it was interesting, but it, it all worked absolutely fine. We, we met in Ellie's uh, Stardust Diner in, in New York, just off Broadway, uh, mm-hmm. two nights before. We went over for three days before the cruise. Um, and we met and we went for meals and we spent some time, walked the High Line together in New York and uh, walked Central Park and did a few of the New Yorky things. Then we sailed, did Canada, New England. And what was lovely was we found the right balance between doing stuff together and spending time on our own. And I think mm-hmm. anyone who's cruising together, be it a group cruise or be it with friends or whatever, there, there's a sweet spot between organising things to do as, as a group and then finding your own space to go and do your own thing. And I think we just hit that sweet spot per- perfectly. It was great. I think that, and you bring up an excellent point also. You know, when you meet, even if you forget meeting people, let's say you're just going with like your best friend from high school or someone who lives in your neighborhood. Let's, let's go on vacation together. Let's go to a particular city or a park or wherever, right? When you do that, you're basically committing to like spending a lot of time with them. And for me, that always is like, oh gosh, what if like, what if I want to break from this person? What if I'm not interested in spending all that much time in a land vacation? That's kind of tough, you know. You gotta you gotta come up with an excuse. On a cruise ship, it is by its own nature uh, a varied experience, and it allows you to be able to spend time together without spending all the time together. And that is a fantastic benefit as well. Whether again, it's someone that you met online, whether it is a family friend, a family member, it, it allows you to to go on a vacation together without just feeling like you're you're uh, joined at the hip the entire time and and I think that's one of the another great reason to to invite family and friends on cruises as opposed to I would never do the same thing on land vacations because quite frankly I'd be concerned like I don't want to spend quite that much time with somebody but on a cruise ship sure no, no problem at all yeah Absolutely. And there's always something, someone will have a particular interest. Now, as it happens, we would share an interest in trivia. We would share an interest in music. We'd share an interest in shows. Mm -hmm. So our our interests did uh, collide and, and, uh, you know, meet in in, in the middle an awful lot. And and we did spend quite a bit of time together on the ship and elsewhere. But um, plus we meal wise, we took some meals together, took some meals apart. Each couple took time on their own. And, you know, it was really, really good. It really worked well. And then to cap it all, obviously, we were on board Anthem of the Seas for 11 days and nights. Can't ask for much more than that. Not bad at all. Now, I understand you have a bonus for us. I do have a bonus. This is a, a story you will enjoy. Um, I was going to uh, contact you during your phase of confessions a while back, but uh, I, I, I felt um, m- m- maybe not because it, it's all about my beloved wife, Pauline, okay. whom I love and adore, to whom I would have been married 30 years next year. Um now, as I've said, and I, I repeat what I said earlier, I am the planner. I am the anal one in this relationship. Pauline uh, boards the ship and she may know the name of the ship we're traveling on. She may. And if she does, that's great. And in fairness, she usually does know the name of the ship. But anyway, um, in 2018, we were on Rhapsody. We cruised, and I'm so glad we did this. We cruised out of Venice and we did the Eastern Mediterranean around the Greek islands. And after the news that came out there a couple of weeks ago, I'm glad we did it when we had the chance. So we cruised out of Venice and we were um, coming toward the end of the cruise and we were in split 
in Croatia. Now, we weren't supposed to be in Split. We were supposed to be in Dubrovnik, but that's a whole different story. Storms and the disruption they cause. Um, but we ended up in Split, which was absolutely fine. And we're walking uh, through Split, heading for the port after walking around uh, the Diocletian Palace and uh, doing a walking tour of the city. And just as we're heading back to the ship, which is, by the way, the ninth ship we've been on over the course of 10 years. So okay. it's not as though we're cruising. It's our ninth Royal Caribbean ship. We're walking and Pauline suddenly stops me and grabs me by the shoulder and says, look at the funnel. I said, pardon? She said, look at the funnel. And I said, yeah. She said, don't you see what it is? I said, yeah, it's, it's the funnel with the logo. No, 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 she said, look, it's a crown and an anchor. That's probably where they got the crown and anchor society from. <laughs> I said, my love, you and I have been on nine ships. You've been looking at that logo on half the T-shirts I wear. You've seen that logo literally on thousands of documents and boarding passes and cards. And when you're on the ship, it's everywhere. And God knows I have so much cruising stuff around about the house. You're seeing it quite a bit during the year as well. How did you never notice that before? But no, that was her big revelation. Ten years in. She suddenly, she suddenly realizes that this logo that she has seen numerous times over nine different ships on two different continents, she suddenly realizes <laughs> that's where the crown and anchor came from. Who'd have thunk it? I mean, they. <laughs> it's just but funny because not only. Not only did she notice it, you know, but like you said, it's not like it's just on the cruise ship. Okay, whatever. But you have T-shirts. It's all over. Well, yeah. I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's ubiquitous. I mean, it's just, I, I love, though, the idea that, that and, and the way she told me as though it was something we'd suddenly discovered. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was lovely. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, I love hearing that. And, and I hope that she enjoys the laugh out of it because it's, it's all in oh, good absolutely. nature. We all, we all have those moments. I, I am guilty of that in a thousand ways. Uh, and I, I usually get the look from my wife, like, seriously, like, where have you been the last, like, you know, however, however long it's been. Um, so we all do it, but it's still funny nonetheless. And uh, I'm, I'm really glad you're able to share that because I'm sure that's a that's a great, um, you know, little story here to pick everybody up here at the oh, end yeah. of this story. So really good stuff here. Well, um, Donald, I really appreciate you joining us here once again. And uh, let's try to do this more than every six years. If we six can. years. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Matt, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. All right, friends, time to answer some more of your listener emails. And of course, you can always send me your emails by sending to Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Our first email this week comes to us from Robert Jaworski. Hi, Matt. Hope you're well. Did a search for cruises for the 2021-2022 season and knows that the Australian Royal Fleet will only have three ships, Ovation, Quantum out of Sydney, and Radiance out of Brisbane. For the upcoming 2021 season, we have out of Sydney, Serenade, Voyager, and Ovation. I booked, I'm booked on all three and cannot wait. Also, Radiance out of Brisbane. As much as I like the larger ships, I, pref- I far prefer the Radiance and Voyager class. So, sad to see them gone from Sydney. I assume Royal may sell off some of the older ships to replace them with the new ser- newer Serenade and Amplified Voyager. Also, New Zealand just announced a further 60-day ban on cruise ships, possibly may extend 90 days due to the sale in their late January, so hope that will happen. Robert, thanks for the email. You know, it's interesting. I would have probably answered this question a little differently, uh, you know, a, a year ago, certainly, than I would today, because the nature, the future of a lot of the cruise ships in general, who knows? I, I know that Carnival 
announced they're they're uh, getting rid of slash selling slash who knows what's going to happen to them. But they're they're selling, uh, I believe, about 13 ships out of their fleet. And that's all going to happen very, very quickly. That's a lot. Now, granted, Carnival's fleet is massive compared to Royal Caribbean's. I mean, I, I think, uh, I forget the exact numbers that Carnival has, but it's substantially larger. And when we're talking Carnival, by the way, and Royal Caribbean, I probably should preface this by saying we're talking about their, their the, the parent global brand, right? Carnival Corp and uh, Royal Caribbean Group. Uh, the the So this includes, when I, when I say Royal Caribbean, I'm talking about Royal Caribbean, Celebrity, Azamara, etc. So just for that, keep that in mind. But nonetheless... You know, the, the entire COVID-19 thing has really just changed all this up. And certainly, it, it would not have been much of a stretch a year ago to say that, you know, the Vision class ships are probably not long for this world. Eventually, all ships get sold. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. But the question was how quickly that will happen. And to Robert's point, uh, that very well could be accelerated. We just simply don't know. We're just at the mercy of waiting to see, I think. Royal is as well. There's a lot of factors there. But as it pertains to the, you know, Australian uh, cruise season and the ship deployments there, you know, for the longest time, and I'll have to tell you this, Robert, any, anybody from Australia knows this, you guys had, you know, kind of the older ships there. I mean, Voyager of the Seas was a big ship for you guys, right? But the, uh, the advent, the rise of cruising both down under and also in China primarily, has drawn larger and newer ships there. The Quantum of the Seas, the Spectrum of the Seas, and even Novation there for a little bit. You have that opportunity now to get bigger ships. And so for Royal, they're seeing an opportunity to take a ship like, you know, let's use Spectrum or let's use Ovation as an example. You, they can make more money with that one ship than they can with a Serenade or a Radiance or even both for that matter. And so I think part of it is the ever-changing landscape of profitability, markets, you know, which market is making more money, and of course, logistics, right? Part of what the reason why any ship arrives in Australia is because that, that ship will probably end up also in Alaska. And so that's a component to why they would do, you know, one ship there or another. And there's also things as well. So, you know, I think where you guys are located, uh, being really in the crossroads of, nor of you know, the Alaska cruises as well as the uh, Asian sailings, it gives you an opportunity to have, you know, kind of whoever's in the neighborhood, so to speak. And uh, there definitely has been, it seems to be a shift uh, for those bigger ships. Now, what'll happen to some of the other ones that have been there traditionally or whatnot? Who knows? I mean, don't forget, it wasn't too long ago that Legend of the Seas was the ship in Australia, or really that entire side of the world for that matter. And obviously, Legend is no longer in the fleet, but again, these things can happen. So uh, it remains to be seen. It's a very good question, Robert, and I'm glad you brought it up because obviously a changing dynamic here. And, you know, listen, guys, when we look back at 2020 through probably 2022 at the very least, we're going to look back on these years and it's going to be almost always like an asterisk next to it or like almost like a... You know what I mean? Like, it's just so much of this has changed and so much of this has, um, you know, altered what we're looking for. So, yeah, who knows? Next up, we have an email from Linda who writes, Hey, Matt, first, wow, Matt, you've been reducing an extra large amount of excellent content. You're thinking outside the box. Should should you take out the kids out of school? And producing content that people will be blessed to use as a resource later, like when cruising returns and we're saying, remember when, thank you for per persevering. The reason I'm writing today is, first of all, Royal Caribbean's Healthy Sale panel is wow. I must admit, I'm a super positive glasses half full kind of person. I found myself thinking two things this morning. Number one, this group of people uh, that can definitely be part of the solution. They're undisputed, educated leaders in their fields. But then, my decades of experience working in large customer service dependent companies. B, how in the world will all these experts work together to agree and arrive at a recommendation that will be respected and, more importantly, embraced or adopted by the CDC? 
Um, what are your thoughts today? Grateful to choose and continue to look forward to hopefully our next embarkation. Leonard, thanks for the email. So of course, Leonard talking about the, uh, you know, the the healthy sale experts, the the panel of of professionals that Royal Caribbean announced. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast when it came out last week, and you know, obviously, uh, these are all people who there's about twelve or thirteen of them, eleven of them, something like that, that are. They're, they are experts. These are not like, you know, just a bunch of people off the street or, you know, random industry executives. These are people who are doctors, uh, you know, uh, experience in government matters. Um, you know, they carry different professional experiences completely outside of cruising. And that's what really struck me as well, Linda, is that this wasn't, you know, I don't know what I was expecting, but I certainly thought maybe this would be more of an internal thing that it would be a bunch of, you know, Royal Caribbean employees who would come together to try to figure out a good, uh, you know, good plan of action. And certainly that wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. But I do believe that what we have instead is a holistic approach to how do we do this, quote unquote, the right way. And I applaud Royal Caribbean, going back to what you said earlier, that this group of people are people that can definitely be part of the solution. You're absolutely right. I mean, listen, if you're sitting there and saying, you know, this is a rubber stamp, if you look at this panel, look at the pedigree of this panel, I don't know how you come up with that solution or that answer, I should say. Um, it is tremendous what they've come up with that that's a great uh plan not only for coming up with a with a good uh pro amount of protocols and, and regulations and recommendations for the cruise lines but in addition to that i think it also provides a heck of a lot of um positive thoughts and, and reinforcements to the public who are always leery of the cruise industry to begin with so that's that in terms of your second question about how in the world will all of these experts work together to agree i mean number one something that i remember uh came out of one of the very early interviews with uh, Governor Levitt, who's one of the co-chairmen of the group, he mentioned that you have to be realistic with this. And what he meant by this is that there is no 100% safe. That's just, it's not a reality. And that's true pretty much of anything, by the way. I mean, you go on your, you drive your car to the grocery store, there's always a chance you're gonna get hit by another car and, you know, die in there. Is it likely? No, but it's, there's always that risk, right? There's risk in everything. And so I think they're going at it to be is, how do we make this practical, but still, you know, as safe as possible. And from that perspective, I take a lot of solace that they're they're going about it, that they're gonna be working together. And yeah, you're right, they're, they're very different backgrounds, but they're also going to be looking at it as what, what kind of recommendations can we realistically come up with that are gonna work there? And, and I have some faith that they are certainly going to be uh, coming up with some interesting and, and creative approaches, quite frankly, to what cruising will be. So we won't know that for probably another, uh, you know, if you're listening to this episode again when it comes out, about another month or so, but, We'll have to wait and see. Next, we have an email from Bob Church. Right? I just listened to the episode about taking kids out of your school. I had to pull out my earbuds and see if they were broken, then sit down and relax. My coworkers inquired as to my condition. Any family vacation is more important than a week or two of school. Please. P.S. Parents, please spend some... P parents spend a little time with their kids already. I can quantify. Parents' quality time with children beats institutional learning time hands down. Thanks for looking at this rant. P.P.S. My wife is a teacher. So vacations are not a problem with the kids learning. Parents' disengagement in kids' lives and learning is. So here's an apple. <laughs> thanks. Bob, thanks for the email. And I'm glad you sent this in. Uh, you know, obviously talking about should you take your kids out of school. Here's the thing, Bob. I don't disagree with your perspective that vacation is A, important. B, just as important, um, valuable, I should say, as certainly learning, you know, your your, your arithmetic, you know, the I would say the three, uh, the however many R's there are. Three R's? Two R's? Four R's? But now it's all about STEM. Anyway, it doesn't matter about that. I don't think anyone here is going to sit here and I don't think, I think Lisa would disagree with you on this, Bob. The issue is a couple things. Number one, 
And this is something that was a rude awakening for me as a parent. Forget cruising for a second. The In, in our district, you only get five unexcused absences per semester. That's it. So you want to pull your kids out of school for, you know, a week in, you know, the middle of March or whatever. That's fine. But you're going to have, uh, you're, you're against the wall. You have no more vacation time. You have no more, uh, um, you know, unexcused absences. So again, uh, there's a, there's an issue in the family. Um, there's some reason you have to go out. It create kids can be considered truant. That's the system. That's not me talking. That's not Lisa talking. That's just the way they've, they've created the system right or wrong. I understand why they did it because people were abusing the system and you know they want to make sure kids are in school. I get that. That's part of the problem, and I'm sure that's not going to sit well with you. But that's something to take up with the PTA and and why they come up with that system there. So that's that's number one. Number two, I think the approach was, and I came into this episode team Bob on this one. I was like, Bob, I'm with you, man. Take your kids out of school. I was telling my wife, I was like, listen, there's there, you know, a couple days out of school, there there's still it's not going to ruin their chances again to Harvard. That's my famous line. I always tell them, right? But it, there are issues that occur, and sir, what I mean by that is the way that learning is is performed. I think Lisa brought up a really, really good point that the way kids learn today versus that you and I learned is much more group oriented, and it just simply cannot be, uh, you know, combined in simply a bunch of uh, xeroxes of of you know ditto work to be done on the cruise ship. I'm not saying the kids shouldn't be taken out of, but the more I thought about it, the more that it worked out, you know, we're, we're, the approach really that we presented on this episode was more about, you know, take them out for a day or two, you know, do a, you know, a four night cruise where you it's over a weekend, but you need to take that Monday, maybe Friday before off. That's, that's okay. You know, it's, it's about making the smart decision, not just simply, you know, your kid goes to school one day and, so, and at the end of the day tells the future, oh, by the way, I won't be here next week. You know what I mean? Like, it's about taking a smart approach to taking your kids out of school. And I think there absolutely is room, and you should take your kids out of school, but I don't think you should be approaching it in the same way that I might approach, uh, do you want to have ice cream tonight, kids, and go to the ice cream parlor or not? You know what I mean? Like, just not, like, arbitrarily making that decision, working with the system to your advantage. That way, your kids aren't at a disadvantage, and certainly not the educators, but also still being able to, again, to your point earlier, that family vacation is really important. Family time is really important as well. So, good stuff there, Bob. And there you go. I went off on a bit more of a tangent than I thought I would, but that's it's good stuff. I, I like that. Next, we have an email from Declan, who writes, Hi, Matt. Declan, again, my, this email this time is about Alaska. We wanted to do Alaska next summer for July 2021. We'd most likely go with a family of five and two other extended relatives. We're looking at UnCruise, which is another cruise line that offers small expedition ships, 100 person, that gets very close to glaciers. And then they do the Denali Talkeetna ourselves. But financially, that might be too much for some in our family. So we're looking at Royal Caribbean on Quantum of the Seas from Seattle. Two questions. What wildlife can you see from the deck of the ship? And if we're up to you, would you fly from Orlando to Seattle, take the cruise, then fly from Seattle up to Anchorage to Denali? I know you hate flying, but we're wondering it might be too much. Not financially, just too much to do. Thanks so much. Stay safe. P.S. We've never been on Royal Caribbean, and we saw the rib recipe that you posted on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com and tried it. Full disclaimer, they were great. Declan, awesome. I'm so glad to hear the, the, the ribs worked out for you. That's awesome, dude. We posted that on July 4th as a um, uh, kind of a, the you know, you're going to barbecue. Here's a recipe for the ribs from Portside Barbecue. So fun thing there. So uh, in regards to Alaska, a couple things. I mean, first of all, Uncruises and a lot of those other very, very uh, boutique cruise lines are exactly what you described there. They go to amazing places. There's no denying it. But the price tag on that is just also like incredible. <laughs> so not surprised to hear that. So 
your questions. What wildlife can you see from the deck of the ship? Quite a lot, actually. Um, you know, you're not going right up against the coast, but you will see a ton of eagles and other uh, birds for sure. When we saw, I've been on one Alaska cruise, we saw a ton of bald eagles. We saw a ton of uh, seals. Um, I did not do whale watching, but whale watching obviously is an option there. Um, we did see tails of whales. Like you would, you know, be walking down the deck. All of a sudden there would be, you know, a, not a breach, like where they jump out of the water, but you just see, I forgot what the technical term is, but where you see the tail just coming out of the water. That was really cool. We didn't see any bears from the ship. I saw one bear on the, on land during an excursion, but that's more, you know, I, I think that's more the nature of it. But truly, you are sailing in these inlets where you're getting pretty darn close and a good pair of binoculars is certainly very helpful to be able to see these animals, but you'll see your fair share of it. It's not to say that if you're on a cruise ship, a big ship like, you know, Quantum of the Seas, that you're only gonna see rocks and water. You still can see quite a bit of wildlife and that wasn't an issue. I think what most people are most interested in seeing are the big, you know, the big animals, the whales, the bears, the moose. And uh, we saw plenty of whale tails. And if you sit on the deck long enough, I'm sure you'll see it. The issue is more that it's, it's kind of chilly and rainy and whatnot. Um, but a lot of it is going to be more land-based, I think. Excursion-based, I should say, in terms of the big animals. But fear not, you can still see quite a bit. A lot of it's just pure luck and just being in the right place at the right time to see it from the ship. But they do exist. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. You're not going to regret that. Now, in terms of your other question, is it too much to fly to Seattle, do the cruise, and then do anchors and Denali. I would say instead, what you might want to consider is doing a cruise and land tour. Royal Caribbean offers a combo deal for you, my friend. So what you would do, Declan, is you would do a land tour where you could go on a cruise that goes out of Anchorage. Uh, I believe it's on Radiance of the Seas. And they do open jaw sailings. These are sailings that go out of, they start at one port, end in a completely different port. So, you know, start in Anchorage and end in Vancouver, or they'll start in Vancouver and in Anchorage. And then you can build on top of that a tour that brings you to Denali and a bun bunch of other places. It's all through Royal. It's super easy. You get Crown and Anchor Society points for it as well, and it can actually be a really good value. Um, and, and in your situation, I know Quantum is obviously, in terms of cruise ships, you know, what Quantum offers and what Radiance offers is night and day difference. But if you're looking to do that land tour, I think that's a more practical approach than doing a seven night cruise out of Seattle and then flying up to Anchorage and then I don't know how you're getting back home, but you're flying back. It just seems to me that you can skip a step uh, rather than, uh, you know, do, it, it, it's almost like having one layover instead of two layovers, if that makes sense. So that's how I would look at it. If you haven't considered that option, that'd be something to look at there. But otherwise, hey man, listen, if money's not an object and it's just, we're talking about time and logistics, go for it. What have you got to lose? It's your time, enjoy it. And getting up to Alaska, not easy. So any opportunity you have to make it up there, absolutely the right thing to do, so. Thank you for your email today. Declan, thank you to everybody for checking out the Royal Caribbean Blog podcast. Of course, you can always email me, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, this has been Matt, and we'll talk again real soon.